Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the Word of God. Praise God. Blessings are coming your way. Amen. I feel to preach today comforted by the coming of the Lord. Comforted by the coming of the Lord. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will arise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and thus shall we always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Why don't you turn to somebody you know and tell them, God is coming back. Tell them, comfort them, God is coming back. Amen, it already feels good in here, but it just went to another level when we said that. That's comforting to know that God is coming back. That he just didn't leave us, but he said, even though I walk away, I'm going to be with you always through my spirit. Always through his spirit. And I feel him here in this room. And I'm feeling the pull and the voice of the Holy Ghost saying to the church, I am coming back for you someday. Amen. God has always been in the business of comfort. Yes, sometimes he does condemn. Very rarely that day is coming in the future. Sometimes he does convict. Sometimes he will let us know that he is very concerned. But God's number one motion of action is to comfort his people. David even got the revelation of that when he knew that God was his shepherd and would shepherd his people. And he said, your rod and your staff, you know, those are shepherd weapons. Those are things that they use to fight off lions and bears. David said, as our shepherd, your rod and your staff are not a threat to us. They're not a weapon to us, but they are a comfort to us. And if there's anybody that's got a lion or a bear up on the hill threatening you, taunting you, amen, I've come to tell you that the rod and the staff are in the hands of Almighty God to drive out your enemies and to give you a table right in the presence of your enemies. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Oh, that's comforting, isn't it? Jesus said, blessed are they that mourn. And you think about blessings, that means getting the job, right? Blessings, that means getting a new car, right? Blessings, that means getting a new house, getting a new this, getting a new that, saving money, having all of these things. 
But never forget, Jesus said that there is a blessing in mourning. For the Lord is looking to see those who mourn and those who grieve. Those are the type of people that God wants to intervene in your life. And he said, if you mourn, you are blessed because comfort is coming your way. And for anybody that's here and suffered loss this September 2023, maybe going through a rough patch, maybe going through a hard time, I've come to tell you that the Lord is here to comfort you here today. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I've come to tell you that God's spirit is here and there are people that are hungry for it. I don't care, amen, if you might be a little bit confused. God wants to comfort anybody here today, amen, that will come into the house of the Lord. Amen. Let's clap our hands unto the Lord. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Amen. And Jesus said concerning my coming, don't be afraid of that time. Don't be worried during that time. Don't be concerned or fret or fearful. But you can count on it that the coming of the Lord for the people that are ready for it. It is nothing to be sorrowful about. It's nothing to grieve about. But it is something that when we think about it, it should comfort your soul that this world is not our final place. This is not our home. But we are passing through. It's only a temporary thing. But our eternity and our place of residence is going to be with Jesus Christ and all the saints up there in heaven. That's comfort today. That's assuring today. That's a promise today. And my friends, that day is coming soon. And very, very soon for the signs have happened. Amen. Israel has been reborn. The book of Acts has been reborn. The church of the living God is alive and well and time is ticking. And yes, Jesus himself is going to shout and blow the trumpet and call the church of the living God up there together. Mm. I love to preach about the cross. I feel the power of the cross drawing us here today. I feel the power of the cross letting somebody know it doesn't matter what sins you have committed. The Lord took the judgment and the penalty for you on that cross. He shed innocent blood, sinless blood for you to be covered. And that knowledge of the cross and the pull of the cross, it brings conviction. It stirs inside of our souls to want to be better, to want to get right. But the Lord said, never forget my cross, never forget my sufferings. And he also said, never forget that I'm coming back for you. You see, the cross was designed for us to be convicted. But the second coming of Christ was designed for us to be comforted. The cross of Christ was designed for us to stay humble before the Lord. But the second of coming of Christ was designed for us, as it were, to have a righteous way about us that looks forward to something greater and something more powerful. It's the reward that is coming to the church that God is not going to dwell in heaven all by himself forever. But he is going to invite little old us who were once sinners but now covered in his blood. Amen. That's comfort today. That is assurance today. That is help today. Praise the Lord. I felt it in worship service. It was like God was saying, I want to give TLC freedom from the pain and the constraint that is upon this fallen world. I want my people to live in comfort. The signs are around us. The seasons are upon us. You think about it, when you open up the news, what do you see? Wars. Rumors of wars. What else do you see? Talks of pestilence, 
arising. What else do you see? Men's hearts failing them for fear. What else do you see? Nations in conflict right now. What else do you see? People with a Messiah complex. I know it's an election year and all kinds of things can happen during an election year. Let's just pray for this country and let's just pray for this world. But it's not just an election year. But what I think is going on is the the spirit world, the dark forces of this earth, the fallen uh, angels and Satan and his kingdom, they get active around election years because they're looking for a man who they could raise up in the place of Jesus Christ and control the world. That's when wars happen. That's when famines happen. That's when pestilences happen. That's when false Christs arise. That's when nations arise against nation. And you and I are in the middle of it all right now. It is happening in our time and our generation. That's why we've got to leave right. That's why we've got to leave this church right before we get out to our cars and be ready for the coming of the Lord. For the signs are all around us. I want to be ready for his coming. For Jesus even said, what would it profit a man? If he gained the entire world and lost his own soul. I love having good church, but what would it profit us if we gained good church and lost our own soul? I like good tasting cinnamon rolls and coffee out there, but what would it profit us if we had good cinnamon rolls and coffee and lost our own souls? I love having a great children's ministry and a great youth ministry and a great praise and worship and a great celebrate recovery and great Genesis groups and small groups and revivals and conferences, but what would it profit us if we gained all of that and had beautiful things and we lost our own souls? That's why we're here today. It's to make the rapture. It's to be ready for the coming of the Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus just didn't die for you to be baptized at one moment. He didn't just die for you to be filled with the spirit. And that is going to happen here today. But the reason he died for us was to welcome a kingdom into heaven. He died because he wanted to spend time with you for all eternity not just for moments here and there or just places here and just bless you here and there, but he's got eternity on his mind. He's got forever on his mind. And in the mix of all of that, he has got you in mind, all of us here in mind. And that's the pull that we feel here today from the Spirit. The Lord is saying, I'm going to touch you now, but I really want to be with you for all eternity. That's the comfort of the church and the assurance of the church that it's not just here on Sunday mornings, but one day there will be no more Mondays. There will be no more Tuesdays, but it's going to be like Sunday morning forever for all eternity. Oh, that's comfort. There are some people in here, your biggest worry today is that the Chiefs this afternoon might be 0-2. Oh, Lord. There are some of you in here that have lost loved ones and it's grieving your soul. You miss your grandpa. You miss your grandmother. You miss the way things used to be. Paul is saying, don't have no sorrow like the world that has no hope. But the day is coming when you and I are going to be reunited with all the saints of the living God up there in heaven. Hallelujah. Praise God. I talked to Sister Sharon Steed this morning. While I was talking to her, I thought about her mother and dad, brother and sister Sammons. Powerful old-time saints. He was a preacher. 
And I remember one time being over at their house back in the 90s playing with Brandon and Zach and Sister Sammons had one of her husband's Bibles and she opened it up and showed me some of his sermons. I was so, so touched to look and see the coming of the Lord in just about all of those sermons. And a lot of those old time preachers preached about that because of the times and seasons that they were going through. And it feels like the church in this world has been on a break. But for the last three years, I'm feeling it and seeing it, that the coming of the Lord is upon us. We just may be that generation, amen, that will be alive when the Lord returns. Praise the Lord. It's real stuff. And the Bible says don't be ignorant about it, but understand it. And I've been having people asking me questions about it. And more often than not, once you get into it, it can be like, whoa, a little too much. Just understand this. If you're ready, you know enough. (laughs) If your name is written in heaven, you know enough. But I want to talk to you about some of these things that Paul talked about. He said, don't be upset and don't be worried because many had fallen asleep in the church because of persecution because of famine, because of pestilence and other things. In Paul's own words, if you are saved, it doesn't matter if you crash. It doesn't matter if you drown. You're going up to be in heaven with Jesus Christ. And he was saying, as it were, even though they're there and we're here, and though that may be feeling sad, we're still connected through Jesus Christ. You see, in the Old Testament, as powerful as it was, And as deep as it was and so fascinating to read, you read it in the Old Testament, the only hope that Israel had was land, to be a prosperous people, to have a land flowing with milk and honey. No hope of heaven, no hope of eternity. That's all it was, was just prosperous land and protection from the enemies. And when an Old Testament saint died, you got to wonder, where did they go? Well, the Bible teaches, and especially Jesus opened up our understanding of this. They went to a place called Abraham's bosom. It was essentially a place that was near Abraham's heart. And according to places in the Bible and rabbinical tradition, it was a nice place, but not very fulfilling. It was a place of peace and comfort, but no real joy and still feeling a little bit kind of out there and not so close to the Lord. It was a part of the underworld. But Jesus Christ, when he hung on that cross and died, because he was a man, his soul had to go somewhere. And at that time, souls didn't go to heaven. So where did he go? The underworld. And the psalmist said in Psalm 68 that Messiah would lead captivity captive. Or one day he would take captives out of captivity. So when Jesus gets down there into hell, Satan and all of his demons thought, we've got him. We're going to keep him in here forever. But the Bible specifically commanded, you shall not bear false witness, nor shall you punish the innocent. And because hell tried to take the soul of somebody who wasn't there, God judged hell, took power over hell, had dominion over hell. And you know what Jesus did? He looked at all of those Old Testament saints from Adam to Abraham to Isaac to Jacob to David to Isaiah to Jeremiah, all of them. And he said, enough is enough down here. We're about to go up there. And he took all of those Old Testament saints out of hell and brought them up into paradise. That's why Jesus said to the thief on the cross, this day you are going to be with me 
in paradise. That's one of the beautiful things that Jesus did. Not only for the future New Testament church, but the Old Testament church. It was all about making things new and bringing us and reconciling us back to him. Praise the Lord. I've talked to people in this church about their loved ones. I have yet to meet somebody and say, yeah, my grandpa who's a preacher, he's watching me from down there. (laughs) But it's always, even though our loved one is buried or cremated or whatever your family tradition may be, it's not, yeah, down there. It's always up there. Everybody I talk to. I don't think I know anybody who truly believes in soul sleep because it's always, they're up there. They're up there. You know what's going on? Even though our body may be dead in the earth, the real you and I is a spirit. It's a real soul. And God never meant for us to go down, but to go up. And what has happened is paradise is up there with Jesus in heaven. And the day is going to come when the Lord says, paradise isn't enough. We're about to go up higher. And he is going to gather all of those in paradise from the Old Testament now to the New Testament saints who have already passed on. And the Lord is going to come down, not the angels yet, but himself. He is going to come down with his own body and with his own mighty voice. It's going to sound like the voice of an archangel. And with his own trumpet, he is going to announce, come on up here. And what's going to happen is all of the saints, their souls that are in paradise are going to reunite with their body. And they're going to rise up out of the ground just like Jesus came out of the grave with a brand new body. I was talking about Charlie Mahaney earlier. One day he and I and his son evangelist Nick Mahaney were in the car riding together and I was asking him about that. I said, so the soul is really going to unite with the body? And he said, yep, that's right. And his son, Nick, couldn't miss an opportunity for a joke. And if you knew Brother Charlie Mahaney, the Lord had enlarged his borders, if you know what I mean. He said, whenever dad's soul reunites with his body and he comes out, he's going to blow a big old hole in the ground right there. (laughs) I'm sorry. That day is going to happen. Maybe you're wondering, am I going to be thin for all eternity in heaven? Yes, you will. Are you going to have hair in heaven? Yes, you will. Because none of these incorruptible things that have come upon us in this world are going to be carried into heaven. But you are going to be the best looking you that you've ever been up there in heaven someday. (laughs) Praise God. The Bible says we shall bear the image of the heavenly man, Jesus Christ. It says also in Philippians 3, he will transform our lowly body to be conformed like his glorious body. First John chapter 3, it says, when he is revealed, we shall be like him. I love getting compliments. Some people have been saying, little Cohen looks like you, Brother Justin. Little Ezra looks just like you. Little Melina looks just like her mother. I like that. You know why? Those are my children. Those are my offspring. And it's neat to see that appear in DNA and generations. And you know what? The Lord Jesus Christ is the same way. And he is longing for the day for us, the sons and daughters of Almighty God, 
who were born of him to be risen with him and to become one family as brothers and sisters in heaven to take on his likeness. And if you want to know what Jesus Christ is like, read the book of Revelation. Light shines out of him. His eyes are like a flame of fire. His eternal glory and the beautiful garments. That is you and I's home one day. That's the comfort that you and I have one day that we're going to take all of us on. The DNA of the Lord Jesus Christ raised up together incorruptibly a world where there's no more death and there's no more crying and there's no more sorrow and there's no more pain. And the beautiful part of it is we're going to be with them that are already up there and with the Lord Jesus Christ forever. That's why we repent of our sins. To be ready when he calls for the church. That's why we get baptized in Jesus' name, to be ready when he calls for the church. That's why we receive the Holy Ghost with the sign of speaking in other tongues, to be ready to meet the Lord in the air. That's why we come to church. That's why we give. That's why we shout. That's why we pray. It is because a reward is promised to us. I've come to tell you all the things that you do are not in vain. It is not meaningless, but one day you'll know exactly why you went through what you went through, because the Bible says all things work together for the good for them that love God and are called according to his purpose. I wish I could tell you you'll never have problems. I wish I could tell you that after your baptism you'll never go through anything in your life. Oh my friend, understand this. We've got to be in this world but not of it. This world feels the judgment of God coming upon it. The earth, as it were, is even groaning for the judgment of God that is coming upon it. For the last few weeks, if I get some time, when I get out of my car and I get home late, I like to stare at the sky for just a minute. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, although some of them are pretty interesting, but for the most part, I just like to go with what is commonly reported. I'm not looking for aliens, okay? Okay. There's a lot of talk of UFOs. You know what's interesting about UFOs, church? They first started really appearing in the 1940s. That's when everybody was seeing them. You know what was going on in the 1940s? Yes, World War II. But the nation of Israel was reborn according to Bible prophecy. You know what else was formed? The United Pentecostal Church that we are a part of. And so many other things shifted in the world of prophecy. You can't go through your phone on your social media these days for the past few weeks without seeing something about UFOs. Maybe it's a few people out there politicizing it, trying to make a little bit of money. I'm sure there's some of that. But I got to tell you, the past few weeks, I've been staring at the sky. And every night, just for about two minutes, I see something weird up there. I'm looking at things and I'm like, yeah, not a plane. I'm seeing satellites going in unusual circles. I saw a Starlink coming by, didn't know what it was, and I thought, oh, my goodness, it is a UFO. Then I realized, whoa, it's Starlink. That was neat to see. I saw something that looked like an orange triangle in the sky, just right up in the clouds. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but Jesus said that in the last days, fearful sights will be up in the sky. And I don't know what all that means or all that entails, but I have been seeing unusual things in the sky. I felt it this morning while I was praying. God was telling me, I'm coming back. Get the people ready. I'm coming back. 
This Russia-Ukraine war is something. This year, when I pray, I feel something very unusual. It's like the Spirit of God is saying, things are quiet. Unusually quiet. And I don't know if that's a calm before the storm. I don't understand this. But if you read and study World War I, we've got a great museum about it here in Kansas City. It started out slow, but slowly but surely, nations of the world began to be sucked into war. And I'm praying against it. I don't want war, but we got to do what we got to do. But I'm so concerned that a domino effect is about to happen. China invading Taiwan. North Korea invading South Korea. Iran invading Israel. And who knows what else might happen. Before COVID, we were so comfortable. We were so at ease. And that's not a good place to be. Because being at ease is nothing the church should ever be. But the Lord said, when you pray, be vigilant. Our ease is not yet. Our ease doesn't come until our feet hit gold. But for this entire journey that we have with Jesus Christ, keep your eyes open. Be watchful. Be vigilant. Seeking first the kingdom of heaven. Because war is probably coming. I'm praying against it. I'm praying God stays the wrath of these nations and the Lord brings us peace as much as possible. I'm praying God keeps all of the diseases of this world out of our land. I'm praying God blesses our economy. I'm doing all of these things. But if it is God's will for us to see again another time of turmoil like we did in 2020, I say if it gets us ready for the kingdom of God, let it come, Lord. If it means getting us right with the Lord, I say let it come. I don't know who I am preaching to today, but God is drawing you for a closer relationship with him. He is pulling on the hearts of the people saying, I've got something better than this world has. Because this world doesn't have comfort. Back in my days when I was a waiter, I had a faithful customer. Every time he would sit down, he would order a burger and a specific alcoholic drink. And any time that I would have to serve that to him, he would say, this is about the only comfort I have day in and day out. That is the comfort of this world. Just a little bit of substance, just a little bit of pleasure here and there, one gulp and it's gone and back to the grind the next day. But you and I have a pleasure and a comfort that lasts for all eternity. And I want you to know that comfort can be yours today. I've been feeling it all year. We've talked about how the Life Church is a swimming pool. We've got a deep end where a lot of us live. You and I know how to swim. We know how to dive off the diving board. And then we've got some that are in the shallow end with those floaties. And the good news is a lot of them are taking off those floaties and they're learning to swim in the deep end of the Pentecostal church, praise the Lord. We've likened it to like a no-judgment zone gym where you've got the big bodybuilders and they're bench pressing and deadlifting 500 pounds. But then there's a lot of us still trying to learn to walk without falling on that treadmill, you know. (laughs) God is saying to somebody here today who is tired of this world, and you may not know exactly how to do it. You may not know exactly how to get there. You're looking at some of the seasoned saints around here, and you're like, I could never be as spiritual as them. I could never worship like them. I could never know the Bible like them. 
Let me tell you something. I know we got a lot of brilliant people around here, but you know a lot of us didn't go to Bible college around here. A lot of us don't have big IQs around here. We're just simple Kansas City people. You know what a lot of us did to get to where we went to? We just started taking baby steps consistently walking with the Lord, not running with the Lord, but walking with the Lord and step by step with almighty God, keeping up a good pace with almighty God. You'll get to know your Bible better. You'll get to be praying better. You'll get to walking with God better. You know why? Because he wants that connection with you. He wants you to be in heaven with him. He wants you living right next door with him. He wants to spend eternity with you. And that's why you feel him here today. It's not just a Sunday thing, but it's an eternity thing. It's an eternal thing. Discipleship is not just following your rabbi for a season, but it is following your rabbi for all eternity, not only here and now, but all the way up into heaven. I don't know if you've seen the social media post, but discipleship class has been packed out lately. You know why? Because people want to learn about the Lord and to learn about the master and to become like him. And we're going to help you do it. Amen. Let's all stand together. The power that we felt earlier in worship service, that power is still here. But it wants to take somebody deeper right now. And it's the depth of being connected to the eternal and getting a glimpse of what is to come one day in the future. There's a lot of tips and tricks that we can give you how to keep sin out of your life, how to keep from being distracted and drifting. But the number one thing is if you can keep your eyes on what is eternal, you can make it. You keep your eyes on what is eternal, you won't go back to your addictions. You keep your eyes on the truth and what is eternal. This world means nothing, for we have got something greater. And the Lord is going to shout for us one day, and he is going to blow the trumpet for us one day. And we're going to be caught up in the clouds, the glory of the Lord, the spirit world together with all of them. Praise the Lord. My grandpa, W.C. Gleason, died back in the 90s. And some of the family was there when he passed away in the early hours of the morning. But I had a cousin who lived nearby. And this cousin of mine, they said that they woke up the morning that Grandpa died not knowing that he had passed away. And my cousin heard the sound of clapping and cheering. He thought, is there a surprise birthday going on? My cousin looked out the window. It was midnight, moon's out, stars are out could hear the sounds of cheering. My cousin thought, what in the world was going on? And then they got a phone call. Grandpa passed away. Glory is right. You know what was going on there? It was all the saints and the angels welcoming my grandpa up there in the paradise. I know we can't see it, but it is so real. And from time to time in prayer, you can get just a glimpse of it. I remember when I was about five years old, I had a dream. And when I opened my eyes, I looked down and I could see streets of gold. But it was a gold that was radiant, unlike gold I've ever seen on this earth. I then looked up and as far as the eye could see, I could see like 
The only way I know how to describe it is like mansions that you see on the West Coast. I saw an ocean that was kind of intermingled with all of the houses. And the houses were made of stones and metals that I have never seen before. The sky wasn't blue. It was kind of like a, an amber color, like an orange and a purple color. It was bright, but light, when I saw it, it wasn't like regular sunlight. It was like the light scattered across the street in the houses. And as I looked around, I looked down and looked, and a man began to walk towards me, and he had on bright, polished copper shoes on. He had on linen pants and a long linen shirt, and I looked up into the face of a man, and he said, Hello, Justin. I can't wait to see you here someday. And I woke up. I'm telling you what, sometimes those dreams from God feel so real. It was like you were really there. I can still feel the street on my, on my shoes. I can still feel and how that place felt, and I can still see that man. And it wasn't too long after that. I was looking through old family pictures my mom was showing me, and I looked down at a man, and I said, I saw that man in a dream. And it was my mother's father, Charles R. Dyson. And how I kind of knew him was how he looked when he passed away in his 60s, but how I saw him in heaven, he looked like a 30-year-old man. Did he appear into my dreams? No, but it was God's way of manifesting through the Holy Spirit, through my dreams and my subconscious, that I am connected to something, not just of this earth, but I've got relatives up there that I'm going to be with someday. I've got family that I'm going to be with someday. Don't think for one minute that heaven isn't aware of what we're going, what's going on down here. But our names are written in heaven, and our relatives and the saints, they know about it. The angels and God talk about us down here on the earth. They know what's going on. And if you've got a grandma up there, she wants you to be up there with her someday. You got a grandpa up there, he wants you to be up there someday. You got a friend that died before their time, they want you to be up there someday. Some of you that know about your genealogy and you've got family up there, they're longing for you to be up there someday. <laughs> the only way you're going to be up there is if this world does not become your home. But your ultimate desire is linked up there in heaven. I wonder if there's anybody that's ready for heaven. Come to this altar right now. If there is anybody that longs for heaven, to long to be there for all eternity, this altar call is for you today. If there's anybody out there that's ready to see the Lord face to face, this altar call is for you. Today's your day of eternal comfort. Today is your day of eternal joy to rest upon your soul. Oh, don't let this world vex you and pull you apart, but let heaven put your world back together. Hallelujah. That's where healing and miracles come. It's not of the earth, it's of heaven. It's where the Holy Ghost comes. It's not from this world, but it's from heaven. And the power and the glory that you feel here today, it's from heaven. And it's a heaven that wants to bring you there home someday. Come on, somebody get a hold of the Lord right now. Say, Lord, I want to be ready. I don't want to miss it. I want to hear the great voice of the Lord. I want to hear that trumpet. I want to go up. I want to be caught away in the clouds in the spirit world to be there someday. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, y'all. Heaven ain't quiet. Heaven is noisy. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise him like you will that first day you see him in heaven, somebody. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. 
Somebody speak with the tongues of angels right now. Somebody praise the Lord like an elder right now and fall down before him. Somebody praise the Lord like an angel and wave your hands like wings in the presence of the Lord right now. Hallelujah. Heaven, heaven, heaven invade us right now today. Hallelujah. Satan is cast out of heaven and I cast him out of your life right now. Devil, leave right now. Unclean spirits, come out right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Oppression is leaving your life right now. Vexation of spirit is leaving your life right now. Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at The Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.